Hey guys, it's Hannah, your podcast host, and I'm so excited to be with you for the third episode of the Small Potatoes Podcast, Breaking Bread with Cameron Williams. Hey! What's up, Hannah? What's up? So I'm so excited to be welcoming a new friend. Well, he's not really my (laughs) new friend, but he's new to you guys. Um, Cameron is phenomenal. I absolutely love him. He's like a big brother to me. And I met him at church, like, what, nine months ago, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, he is the husband of my dear friend, Alex. And he uh, came up to me and called me Marie. And then we were best friends because I also call everyone Marie. And it was, like, a really funny joke. Um, and now we don't take anything seriously together. <laughs> except when except we... Except for this. Yes, except for this... Um, Seriously, I love hearing water. <laughs> Did you hear the pipes? <laughs> no. You're the only one. <laughs> We're going to keep going. Um, no, I seriously love and value Cameron, and um, he's just so wise, and it's just breathed so much life into my life, and um, today, he's going to breathe more life into you, so... Let's talk. Uh, what? Tell me about yourself, Cameron. Okay. Well, that was very nice. Thank you. Um, totally forgot the Marie story until you just brought it back up, honestly. <laughs> um, so, me, I am married to Alexandra, uh, who's amazing. As great as I am, she's way better. <laughs> um, we have three foster kids, um, which is great and challenging all at the same time. They're 8, 13, and 17. And then I am in charge of digital marketing at City Hospital Mission here in Cincinnati. That's really cool. What does that like entail? Digital marketing (laughs) or fostering. (laughs) Um, Digital marketing entails um, basically anything that you can access on the internet, whether it's social media or the website or any other digital tool like that, YouTube. That's really cool. In City Gospel Mission, what do they do? City Gospel Mission is, um, they started out as a homeless shelter, and it's grown from there. Now we do, we also have the homeless shelter. We've expanded to job services and placement and training. We have recovery um, services for men and women, mm-hmm. and we have a ton of amazing youth programs for churches all around. That's really cool. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. Ah, I'm so glad that you're here. And so we're going to start talking. Actually, I have a question for you. Okay. So every time I um, ask someone to be on the podcast, we're going to answer this question together. Okay, I'm ready. Um, And you're the first person. So all the pressure on your shoulders. (laughs) Um. What is one thing that you would tell your younger self? Um, I was just just came from having coffee with a friend. Mm-hmm. Not as good of a friend as you, but still <laughs> a friend. And one thing that we were talking about was humbling experiences in our life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was really transformational for me. Um, my wife and I had a really hard time. Um, in our marriage in the first year and we ended up separated and 
Um, basically, I was sitting in my parents' house mm. all alone, which was like the worst feeling in the world. Realizing like you scroll through your phone and there's like nobody that you can reach out to because <laughs> you burned all of your bridges ever. Yeah. Um, and all of that was because of chasing my dreams and my goals. And I felt like I was doing a great job. I had the job I had dreamed of having for a long time um, was successful, making more money than most of my peers in my profession. And... Um, was all alone and on the brink of getting divorced and so um, probably would tell myself not to be so um, goal oriented and Mm -hmm. be more focused on people and unfortunately it took me 29 years to figure that out but wow that's so good oh that's so so good a reason that I'm bringing friends along the podcast is to talk and get to know each other and because I see things in you um, and other people. And um, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen is the verse that talks about ironing sharpening <laughs> iron. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do here. And I'm so excited to just hear more about that and about uh, what that looks like in your life and what that's looked like in your life so yeah well i think the thing that sparked this whole conversation between you and me was this thing that i've been wrestling with over the last year year and a half um is there something else i can help no i'm I'm fine (laughs) i think you can help me with siri um this thing i've been wrestling with for like the last year year and a half and it's this idea of intentional discipleship. Mm. And um, my wife and I go to a mega church in Cincinnati. And I just feel a lack of discipleship and real intentional community. Um, and not only conviction within the church, but within myself. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in a condo complex where we have this big parking lot and probably about eight other homes. Yeah. Um, really close by literally we all park in the same parking lot so we're obviously really close and um, I don't know them well I haven't reached them and so this real conviction that um, we're too focused on the big audiences we want to have um, a large social media following um, and not focused on the community that surrounds us. And like me, I think that connection partially comes from, um, I did a horrible job of creating community and creating lasting relationships to where now people hearing me on this podcast or (laughs) um, if they ever saw me stand on stage and preach would be like, that guy has no right to be there. He just Mm. stepped right over top of me. Or stepped on top of me to get to where he was going. Wow. And so um, I think that's where that, like, this conversation started was um, what does it look like for us to really be intentional disciples and reach our community? Mm, That's really good. I think that's such a miss, like, just within the church itself. And, like, I know so many people that have struggled with, like, 
like after children's church and going into youth and like losing that and then disconnecting from the church or like after youth and not having that because it's not integrated it's like it's something maybe that was a system but uh not actually taught like yeah. how to and, and that and genuine like discipleship and mm-hmm. what that actually looks like yeah yeah and i think um when if you would have said discipleship to me about two years ago or before that, um, I would have said that looks like reading the Bible, mm. reading biblical books, mm-hmm. spending an hour of quiet time, um, going to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And all of that is great and has merit and value. Mm-hmm. But I also think that um, we really miss out on the community aspect and um, what it means to have people there who you can talk to mm-hmm. and hold you accountable um, and I just think of um, Jesus and the 12 disciples and his goal was not to go and preach a great sermon that reached millions and millions of people even though he did that mm-hmm. his mission was to raise up 12 people who would go and take his message to the world. Yeah. And we miss that. We want Stephen Ferg to preach some great sermon that will change the world. Yeah. While shedding the mantle that's been placed on us to go and reach our neighbors in our community. Mm. Wow. So, so now what? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> um, I think that's something that I've been <laughs> wrestling with, but um, my friend Arturo, um, he's amazing, and he did, said the same thing to me. I said this, went through this whole thing. This idea of remnant has been on my mind, um, and remnant's basically just a small group of people who are radically dedicated to the work of Jesus Christ, mm. and um, you know it's unlikely and probably not even beneficial for mega churches around the world to disband and create a bunch of small community home churches Mm -hmm. like I think would be ideal Um, and so how do we create that culture with inside of those churches Mm -hmm. so um, you know it's kind of been a project of mine to build a um, discipleship program that we can take people through and Really having the same concept as Jesus and the 12 disciples, where it would be a group of 12 to 15 people mm-hmm. that a leader really pours into them and mm-hmm. is that spiritual leader for them mm-hmm. and somebody who can, and the whole community as a group, can hold each other accountable. Um, and then those 12 take it to 12 more. Wow. And um, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Um, and so you ideally would have uh, support systems for every single person, mm. um, kind of like a really spiritual um, pyramid scheme, mm. <laughs> almost, yes. where yeah. um, not that one person is like the leader of them all, mm-hmm. but they're all leaders, and um, and um, discipling their own communities. Yeah, you know because. 
you're moving to Texas and even though we can still be friends and still hold each other accountable, your community is going to be different than mine. And so you're going to need support in discipling your community and I'll need support discipling mine. Mm -hmm. And I also think it works. My friend Brody, who is um, a student ministry director um, in Cincinnati. um, He's awesome. Yeah, he is. (laughs) We're really good friends because I'm not in um, on church staff mm-hmm. and so we can just be honest with each other and things that he's struggling with and that I'm struggling with that maybe we wouldn't feel comfortable sharing in a group where we're viewed as the leaders mm-hmm. um, we have that like space to do that That's really so we cool. can just be friends and and so I think we need that I think we need people who aren't in our direct community to where we can openly process and um talk about those things that can be challenging Mm -hmm. I don't think it's any coincidence that confession is such a key part of um, the faith journey I think it's a necessary part most awkward moment in my faith journey was I had a great friend his name's Dave Dore (laughs) and he I was really struggling and he texted me and asked me if I wanted to go play nine holes of golf and so I said sure um we got on the first tee, and he said, I just want you, to, over the next two hours, to just, like, confess your sins to me. Whoa. Um, and that was my... <laughs> that's how I felt on the inside. Wow. Like, whoa, no. No, that's <laughs> Yeah. And so I started being really, like, vague. And, mm-hmm. like, oh, I struggle with, like, girls. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, like... Okay, everybody does that. Like, tell me, like, what you, like, specifically struggle with. Mm-hmm. And that was the most awkward round of golf I've ever played. But it was also the greatest round of golf I've ever played. Wow. And just how powerful and freeing it is. I love to read. Mm-hmm. And Brene Brown is amazing. Mm-hmm. And she says that shame is most powerful in the darkness when it's unspoken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we see that now especially with christians where there's shame and then there's just the withdrawal yeah and so having a community where you can confess and not feel judged but you're both iron sharpening iron yeah it's just a refining process Mm -hmm. so with that like um what what would you say to someone who like wants to find this community or wants to be this community and um, being a part of it and um, cultivating it how would you go into your life and like cultivate that yeah it's really awkward but you just have to be so intentional mm-hmm. we have this stigma that like if you reach out to a person too much it's uncool mm-hmm. and needy yeah I have friends that I have today because I reached out to them constantly yeah. and just annoyed them. Yeah. And it's not, doesn't like win me popularity points or like cool points, which I've never been described as cool, so I don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think you're cool-ish. Yeah. Always had the ish. But the thing I've done really well over the last two years is... If I want to be friends with somebody, 
I'll ask to hang out. If they say they're busy, I'll ask again. If they yeah. say they're busy, I'll ask again. Yeah. And the other thing, so that's one, just being really annoying about it, basically. Yeah. Judah Smith, who I love as a person, um, and he says that um, there are people who are his some of his best friends today because they have worn him down and just, mm. like, bugged him so much that he just said, okay, mm-hmm. like, let's hang out. Yeah. And so, um, and so I do that to people. I just wear them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two, I think being really honest and open with people. Um, anytime I met with people before, I wanted to impress them. I wanted them to be my friends because they were impressed with me. Yeah. And now I want people to be my friend because they know who I am mm-hmm. and we can relate on a really deep level. Mm-hmm. Um, I just mentioned that I had coffee with a friend earlier today and he and I are friends because we met for the first time and I just laid it all out there told him who I was, told him about things that I struggle with, and he related to those things. Mm. And so we've just sparked a really great friendship. I led a group at um, man camp. Mm-hmm. And What's man the, camp? Man camp is it's through Crossroads Church, and we go out into the woods and just experience God, whether that's through worship, through prayer, through teaching, it's amazing. That's really cool. So I was a trip captain, which just means that I led six or seven other men on this. Um, not really the spiritual leader, but mm-hmm. just leading the conversation and making sure people got to where they needed to go. Um, in that experience, before we went, I just felt God putting it on my heart to be really vulnerable. Don't try to teach, just talk about your struggles. And so I was really honest about where my wife and I were in our marriage mm-hmm. and how hard it was. Mm-hmm. And every single other man in that group was going through something similar. Wow, look at the Lord. Yeah. And so if I had gone in there thinking, well, I'm going to teach them about the Bible, if I'm mm-hmm. going to teach them who God is, then I would have missed a real opportunity to just have really vulnerable conversations staring at the fire wow um and just i mean it's just hard it's not fun yeah but that's where communities found us in that struggle together that's really cool i think me and my friend the other day were talking about this and um and we don't have to get really like deep into this but we're talking about uh kind of like men versus women like female culture in the church and like um how like sin specifically is like something that women just don't talk about well in my experience it's not talked about a lot and like for my guy friend um he was like this is like something we all talk about a lot um and there are so many verses about how like when you shine the light into the darkness and you confess your sins it's healing um which is exactly what you're talking about so to someone who um is scared to do that uh or doesn't know how to do that like how do you like just boldly like talk like humble yourself so much to like do that like what would you say to them 
I think it really boils down to your understanding of the gospel. Mm. And it wasn't until I understood that there's nothing I can do that will make God love me more or less. Mm -hmm. And that um, really I take no part in my salvation except for my decision to follow Christ mm. which the Bible even says that that's a gift so I really have nothing to hold on to yeah and um, and before that I thought well I'm gonna like plant my flag and like I I did this and mm. uh, look at what I did God so now yeah like, choose me or like approve of me and so I think really at the base you have to just get to this point where you're like I'm nothing. Mm. And that's a really hard place to get to. And, um, you know, I think God takes all of us through, um, I call it like a humbling process. That's at least what it was for me. Mm -hmm. I was super, yeah, I was super self-righteous as a kid. Mm. Um, and I was horrible (laughs) as a um, teenager and, um, early to mid 20s like just horrible mm-hmm. to the point where now I look back and like Paul I think I am the chief of all sinners <laughs> there's nothing for me to like hang my hat on Yeah. Um, and so all that I have to give is Jesus and I think that's our um, greatest way to reflect the gospel I think I see it with like my kids mm-hmm. and um, when I show them the gospel the most is when I really screw up mm-hmm. and I go in and say dude I really screwed up like, yeah. I'm really sorry will you forgive me um, and when they screw up I offer them that same grace and mm-hmm. so it's just a, um, getting to this point of um Timothy Keller says, if sin were blue, you'd be blue all over. Mm, yeah. And that's me. So, like, I'm blue all over. Not that I should, like, take pride in that. Yeah. But there is a, um, just a humility that follows of, like, there's no point in trying to make myself look good because I tried to do that for yeah. so long and failed so miserably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I've just found that people don't relate to your success is near as much as they relate to your failures wow that's so true yeah and so and it just gives people the freedom to express their own failures and express their own worries and what's going on in their life and then immediately you have this deeper connection yeah right off the bat wow um and that's like and i know it's hard and again i think it comes down to just this understanding that you're like you're nothing Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're nothing without Jesus and what he did for us and even your acts of goodness and your quiet time and like oh wow I feel so holy mm-hmm. um, we just read um, in Isaiah that your righteousness are like menstrual rags mm-hmm. and really graphic imagery <laughs> Yeah. thank you for that <laughs> speaking of which my dog um, Winnie just pulled out a pad and chewed it <laughs> in um, our 13-year-old's bedroom. So 
that is really relevant to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, um, just thinking through Isaiah and he's just, like, telling um, Israel, like, God doesn't want to, like, want you to be righteous. He wants you to, like, take care of people. He right. wants your heart to be directed right. towards him. Yeah. If you're doing all of the um, spiritual, religious things without a heart towards God and Jesus, then it's like bloody tampons and pads. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, disgusting, like, yeah. Yeah, disgusting, yeah. right. Like, I mean, it's horrible imagery, and, like, yeah. nobody wants to talk about... Um, feminine hygiene products but like think about the imagery of that like those are words that god chose Mm -hmm. because it's um all of this stuff without a dedication towards him and just like totally submissive to him is nothing it's clinging symbol yeah yeah wow that's so good thank you yeah so much ah that's so good Ah! um well Thanks for being on the podcast, Cam. Thank you. Uh, definitely need you back okay. soon. But th- thank you guys for listening. I will see you next Tuesday. Bye.